This morning, I want want you to open your Bibles to the book of John. Now, I took a detour. I'm still in the series Experiencing God. But I had to take a detour on this. I had to take a detour on this because I needed to minister to you in such a way that you would hear God's voice in a time like this. John chapter 4, we find that Jesus is going to Galilee. And on his way to Galilee, the shortest way there is to go through Samaria. But most of the most of the times the Jewish people because they had a problem with the Samaritans, they had this wall of division among them for centuries. Amen. They would go the longer way. But this day, Jesus said, nah, you know what? I ain't going the long way. Today, I ain't going the long way. I ain't taking no shortcuts no more. I ain't taking no long cuts. I'm taking the shortcut. I'm going the shortest way to where I need to be. But I have to encounter, watch this, these Samaritans. A lot of us, that's what we do in life. We avoid certain people because we've had rifts with them for a long time. So we take the long way rather than taking the short way. And dealing with the issues that we have to deal with, the personality issues or whatever issues we may have with people. Sometimes our prejudice goes so deep. Amen. That is passed on from generation to generation. And that's what was happening here as Jesus makes his way to Galilee. He's going there and he's coming to Samaria and he's dealing with the Samaritans. Amen. As they are divided. So one of the things I love about Jesus, when you have an encounter with Jesus, he will tear down those walls of division. Whatever situations in your life, whatever divisions, whatever people issues you have in life, Jesus can tear down those walls. I wish I had somebody. And we find ourselves in chapter 4, and I want to read from verse 20. Now, there's a young girl here. I don't know how young she was. She must have been young because she was a working girl. So she must have had... She must have still had it together. Amen. <laughs> not, not that the older girl can't get it either, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Amen. I'm just saying. And uh, the young girl, was, was, was she, she was a working girl. Jesus had an encounter. She had an encounter with Jesus. And um, Jesus was at this well. The well where she said that she came to, which was Jacob's well, to draw water. Jesus encounters this woman and says to her, give me some water. She's like, how is it you being a Jew ask me to give you water? I'm just giving you the context so I can get right in it. Watch this. See, the division is there. Why are you a Jew talking to me? You with me? Watch this. 
Jesus said, if you only know who's asking you for this water, you would have given it to him. Right? Jesus then offers her eternal life. But before he offers her eternal life, he says to her, hey, go get your husband. Amen. Uh, he said to go call, go call your husband, and that's verse 16, and come here. See, you can't have eternal life. I believe that salvation is a private matter, but I believe it's a family affair. I believe that when God saves one, he saves all. He saves the family. Amen. Because he's concerned about the family. Now watch this. Jesus said, go get your husband. She said, well, I ain't got no husband. Verse 17, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said, you're right. You're right. You're correct about that. Here's, here's what your problem is, girl. You, you said, you're right. I, I have no husband for you have had five husbands. In other words, this woman have had a failed life. She's failed in five relationships. I'm trying to help somebody this morning. This woman has had five failed. I mean, I mean, at some point you have to say, is it them or is it me? And then she says, and the one you have, Jesus said, and the one you have now is not even yours. Now, what Jesus did with this woman is that he confronted her, amen, about her condition. Come on, somebody. About her character, about her conduct. And now he's talking about her her conversion. But before she was converted, she had some confusion. And so I want to read verse 20 for you real quick, and we're going to get into it right quick. He says, verse 20, our fathers worship, it's 19. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship in this mountain. And you say that the, in Jerusalem, in the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, an hour is coming. When neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. Verse 22. Her confusion. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming. And now is. When the worshipers... I'm going to say it right quick. But an hour is coming. An hour is coming. Amen. And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, and he is called the Christ. 
when that one comes, he will declare all things to, to, to us. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. But I want to back up for a minute. Verse 24. God is what? Spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I want to talk about this morning real worship. Turning our private spaces into worship spaces. I want to talk about turning our private spaces into what? Worship. Wherever you are right now, I want you to declare and decree that this place where I am is a place of worship. This place where I am right now is my personal sanctuary. This right now on my couch is my worship space. So you better back up off me right now because God's presence is in this place. God is not bound to a building. He's not bound to a place. You can worship him right where you are right now. You can lift your hands and say, God, I worship you right now amen today 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 is a historic day in the life of the church on the day of Pentecost it was a historic day in the life of the church as a matter of fact when the disciples gathered together in the upper room amen They gathered together for the coming of the Holy Spirit. In other words, they were getting ready for a different kind of worship. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit came down like a rushing wind and tongues of fire fell upon them and they experienced worship. They now had the Holy Spirit inside of them and they were able to worship wherever they wanted to worship. The Bible decrees, amen, that God is not restrictive to one place. I want to say this, that this is a historic day like it was on the day of Pentecost for the church today. Because churches around the world, not just here in Pearland, Texas, but around the world and around the USA today, most of all churches today are worshiping virtually this morning. People today are getting on live stream and doing all this stuff because right now our worship has been restrictive, restricted. But even while our worship has been restricted, amen, the world is panicking, but we should be praising. The world is falling apart, but we know that God, as the Bible says, is spirit. Because with God, all things are possible. Do I have somebody? And if we believe that all things are possible, God has made it possible for us to, to, to often bring things, amen, to, to life, amen, by the spirit of God. Do I have anybody? Anybody? 
And I want to tell you something this morning. I thought about this passage. I was teaching a class this week and, and this passage just popped out on me because I was going back to holiness. But, 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 but it's, it's such an interesting passage, saints. Here's what I believe that today we get to bring the church into the world. I believe today we get to bring the church into our private places. We can get, watch this, we can take it, amen, to the living rooms and to the, uh, and to the uh, bathrooms and to the movie rooms and to the all over the place. You can even go to Starbucks and sit there and bring the church to the world. In other words, virtually we are exercising the Great Commission. The Bible says, go ye therefore into all the world. Could it be that Paul was thinking about live stream when he was thinking about taking the gospel around the world? Now, we've had missionaries who've went out and shared the gospel. But while John Legend is entertaining and offering comfort to the world, we have the good news of Jesus Christ who can save souls. This pandemic may have restricted our fellowship but it has not restricted our worship. I wish I had somebody. We can and should have worship, a worship experience in our living room, in our movie room, in our dining room. Why? Because God says that where we are, we can turn it into a sacred place. We get to experience what the first church experienced when they went house to house, breaking bread and fellowshipping. Now we get to experience this in 2020. Maybe you've been out of church for a while. Amen. And maybe God is saying to you in this pandemic, I'm trying to reach you at the couch, at the couch. Maybe, amen, you've been disconnected. Can I tell you something? God is reaching out to you. Come on, somebody. He's bringing the church to your living room. He's bringing the church on your device. So maybe he wants you to reconnect to him, amen, in a time like this. Do I have somebody? Do I have somebody? Jesus, as I told you, dealt with this woman. And we find out that the Jews and the Samaritans, they had issues. And I want to talk to you today about their, their different types of worship. But I want to talk about real worship. I want to talk about the kind of worship that we need. Because I believe that when this came about, when this pandemic came about, amen, that many of us, amen, have, have been worried we fall into panic, but I want to encourage you to mark off your spaces and turn them into a sacred place, a sanctuary where God can come through this medium. Come on and help me somebody. And the spirit of God can end up in your bedroom. The spirit of God can end up in your kitchen. Come on, somebody. The Spirit of God can take over your house right now. And somebody sitting next to you, somebody watching right now, can say, what can I do to be saved? Do I have anybody with me this morning who can understand that in a time like this, we ought not to panic, but we ought to worship. 
The question is, what is worship? The word proskuneo, the word means to eat from. It means to get so low where you're not on the throne, but you're getting low enough where you can lift your hands to a mighty God. The Bible says he sits high and he looks low. He's intimately acquainted with all of our ways. But I thank God for this holy encounter that this woman had with Jesus. And maybe you're watching this morning. And I want to tell you that you can have an encounter right where you are right now. That you can have an encounter with Jesus. That maybe there was some division in your family. Maybe there was some distortion in your family. Maybe there was some demonic strongholds. But Jesus says, I can tear down whatever it is that's holding you back from me. Jesus dealt with the woman's sin first. She said, you got a husband issue. Your issue is that you have a husband, you have a sin issue. And can I say this to you? She wanted what Jesus was offering. But she did not want to go through the proper channels of getting it. See? She wanted that eternal life. She wanted that living water. That water would, that would never run out. Can I ask you something? How come your water is running out now? How come your well is plugging up right now? Because of the pandemic. I thought you had the spirit of God in you. And when you have the spirit of God in you, you don't have to panic because of the pandemic. In other words, you can praise God wherever you are. I want to talk about praise throughout this whole pandemic season. I want to talk about worship from different ways and different styles because here's the thing. I believe rather than doing these challenges and stuff, why don't we lift our hands and praise God? Come on, somebody. We having house parties and drinking and carrying on. Why don't we have a how don't we have a praise challenge? I wish I had somebody. Y'all better get with me here. Y'all better get with me here. I see all these challenges and people doing this and doing that. Here's the thing. Let's have a praise challenge. That on Sunday morning, on Tuesday night, I'm tuning in on live stream. And I'm going to have get my praise on because the God I serve is going to bring me through this. Why don't you make that the challenge? Do I have somebody? The Bible says. <laughs> the Bible says. That, that the woman says she perceived, verse 19, that Jesus was a prophet. See, she didn't perceive he was a prophet before until she showed him, until he showed her her sin. Come on now. Watch this. Even in her conviction, she realized he's a prophet. Here's what a prophet does. A prophet points out the errors in your life that needs fixing. That's what you need a pastor for. The pastor points out in your life, amen, what you need to do in a time like this. The question is, do you perceive me as a prophet or your homeboy? I wish I had somebody. 
The prophet speaks prophetically in your life. And then you see yourself and say, you know what? I need to do some changing in my life. Watch the text. Text says in verse 27, 2020, it says, our fathers. Now, this is what she said. Now, watch this. Watch, watch something in the text. Jesus points out her sin and then she points it to worship. <laughs> in other words, she's changing the subject. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Watch this. He talked to her about her sin and all the husband she had. She talked about what? A place of worship. Come on, somebody. Well, I'm going to say it one more time. She t- Jesus pointed out her sin. She said, I perceive you a prophet. And watch this. Our fathers, now here's a conversation. Our fathers worship in this mountain. So here's the thing about this woman. She came to the place. Watch this now. She came to the physical place for worship. I'm sorry. She came to the physical place for water. Oh, I'm going to help you here right quick. Why do we come to church? Because we need something. God says, you've been coming to my house because you want something. But you didn't come to worship. Amen. You came to get something. You came to get your issue fixed. You came to get prayed for. Now you can't get here. So the question is, what you going to do? So the first worship I see here is, give me the first thing. First worship I see is ritual worship. Come on, somebody. I'm going to say it one more time. The Samaritan's religion held that the one place of divinely ordered worship was on the top of Mount Gerizim. In other words... They were saying you couldn't meet God nowhere else but there. But I got good news for you. God can meet you right where you are. Watch this. She's been coming to this well not for worship. But she's been coming to the well to get her needs fixed. Her physical needs met. Watch this. And not her spiritual needs. How can you come to the place of worship and never get healed and never get delivered? Because our motives for coming is because we didn't come for the spiritual worship. We came to get our needs met. You came to get your bucket filled. You came to get your prey on. Watch this. You got a halfway praise on, but it wasn't to God. It was to soothe your soul. Do I have anybody? The woman has been coming to this well all this time and never has she thought in her mind, I'm in the place of worship. What about all these men I got? So God said, okay, you're into ritual worship. Worship out of ritual. She didn't come to the she didn't come to the mountain for worship. She came for water. Can I ask a question? Why do you come to church every week? 
Are you coming to get your praise on, to be transformed, to be changed, to be to be delivered from all those stuff that you're dealing with? You're in the right place, but you're not delivered. Why what are you really what did you really we gotta come here for worship and right where you are, you gotta turn that set private place right now into a well experience where you can be transformed by the Spirit of God through your worship. So the first thing I see is ritual worship. The next thing the Bible says, verse 20, verse 20, watch what it says. And, and do me a favor, those of you who are monitoring the feeds, put the second part of my verse up there for me, please. And the people's, and, the, and, and watch what she says. He says, and you people, you see the prejudice in that? And you people say, watch this, watch this now. Watch it, you ready? And you people say that in Jerusalem is the place. Hold on a minute. They're having an argument where to worship. They're having literally a conversation about where to worship. Watch this. Watch what the text says. The text says, and you people say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Hold on a minute. So you have the Samaritan who have one view of worship. Can I tell you what Jesus is doing? Jesus is about to change the way we worship. They want to write that down somewhere. He's changing. Why do you think we can do it now? Why do you think I sense the presence of God moving in your place, in your space right now? Why? Because we have a new way of worshiping. Watch this. Watch this. And you people say, I got to say it again, that in Jerusalem, so they, so they say, you people say that at Vision Church Pearland. Now, I'm not saying that we're not supposed to come back to the building now. But what I'm saying is, given our situation right now, where, give, me the next, give me the next kind of worship. Restrictive worship. Don't let nobody fool you and tell you, oh, you can't get it unless you go to Mount Ebenezer Baptist Pentecostal Methodist halfway Bible church, Episcopal, whatever that is, church. No, we are not restrictive, restricted to one place. So God has allowed us in this pandemic and he's proven to me. That you're not restricted to the building. But even when we didn't have the restriction, you weren't coming anyways. The live stream been here. Now, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold back on none of that kind of stuff. Watch it. You've been sitting on, you've been sitting at home every week. You found every excuse not to come to church. Watch this. But now you have no choice but to be at home. What do you think God is saying to the body of Christ? Stop restricting yourself. Come on, somebody. I'm not saying that we don't have to come back to the building. But what I'm saying is in a time like this, we can't restrict our worship. Today, we we are entering into a new era of worship where millennials and the younger generation can become part of building the virtual church. 
where the millennials and the younger people can come back to church after the pandemic and be used for the glory of God. Maybe that's what God is saying to us. I'm saying this prophetically. That we've neglected the younger generation. They don't want nothing to do with the building. They don't want nothing to do with us. It's because we are restricting them in what they can do in worship. Do I have anybody? The dispute over, that they were disputing over where to worship. Whereas the Jews said it was on the Temple Mount of Jerusalem. The, watch this. The Samaritans say it was right here. The Jews said it, it was the Temple Mount. The question was, who was right about this controversy? See, that's the question. We go on to verse 21. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Jesus is about to change the game. That neither in this mountain, nor in what, will you worship the Father. Neither will you, in this mountain, nor in what? Jerusalem. Worship the Father. So not only do we have restrictive worship, but the third thing I see here is, you know what has happened to us? Our routine has been messed up. And that's the reason why we're having a hard time, come on somebody, dealing with this corona crisis. Because our routine has been messed up. But I believe that God has allowed our (laughs) routine to get messed up. Because he says, I'm going to tell you something, neither in this church, nor in the one that you left this one for. Or the one you left the other one for. (laughs) As a matter of fact, you're peeking in because you used to be here. And you're peeking over there because you used to be over there. Amen. And you're hiding behind the screen and you're going to church. But watch this. He says, "Uh uh-uh, boo, it can't happen like that no more. So your routine has been messed up. And what we got to understand is we have to learn how to adjust. When our routine is off. Because when God lifts, I believe, the the pandemic cure. Watch this. Let me me, me be careful how I say this. I believe the pandemic cure, amen, is already in play. Watch this. But I believe that God wants his children to look to him. I believe God is using this to get your attention, to get our attention as believers, to get back, tell your neighbor, real worship. God says, I don't want ritual worship. I don't want routine worship. I don't want restrictive worship. But I want real worship. Jesus was inaugurating 
at this time as we are today March 22nd of 2020 this is the inauguration of a new phase of worship in God's economy in the church age because the work of the spirit in worship is no longer centered in a temple gosh almighty but in our hearts I want to tell you the church can gather anywhere but I thank God that he's given us the means the resources the ability and the wisdom to keep going in a pandemic crisis I'm going to keep worshiping him I believe God has said to me pastor keep worshiping me I want you to turn your eyes from the problem and make me your focus because every problem is a worship problem and if you're having a hard time right now it may be that you've put too much focus on the pandemic and not on the one who's in control of the pandemic do I have anybody can I say this when worship becomes a routine we're in trouble But God wanted to upset our routine so that he can prove who the true worshipers are. I want to tell you something. If you're tuned in on this broadcast today, you are one of the true worshipers. Because you have a choice this morning to just say, you know, i get that next week. Or I'll watch it later. Don't let anything fill the space and time that you would be in church this season until we come out of this. Don't let nothing else fill that space of time. Because God says, I want to come into your private place and turn it into a sacred place. Do I have anybody? Then we have verse 22. And I'm going to sit down somewhere. The text says in verse 22, you worship. Samaritans are worshiping in this mountain, right? Could it be that we don't even know what we're doing in worship? Jesus said, you worship what you don't know. You're just watching somebody else and doing it. Now you're at home, you ain't got nobody to imitate. So the question is, (laughs) are you worshiping what you do know or what you remember? Oh, are you really worshiping? Watch the text. Watch. Well, give me the point. Next point. Who religious worship? Watch this. Religious worship is like this. I'm showing up because I have to. I'm showing up because I have to. I'm showing up because this is what I've been doing. What my mama did. My daddy did. Man. But now you got you you got a choice to get up now. Now now God says, "Okay, let me see if you're going to get up on Sunday morning 
Let me see if you're going to, you know, take a bath, put on some clothes. Amen. Don't have to be up to par, right? But I'm just saying, enough for you, right? And go through the routine that you would do on a Sunday. And will you turn your private space into a sanctuary where the man of God can preach the word of God and then the spirit of God can come through these devices and reach you right where you are. Come on, who wouldn't serve a God like that? But I believe that if it's a religious experience you're looking for and not a relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe that's why you're not experiencing a worship experience right now. Jesus said, I'm changing the game. Jesus said this. He says, you worship what you don't know. We worship what we know for salvation is for the Jews. It's from the Jews. In other words, Jesus said, listen, you've been doing some stuff. You, you've been doing this. Hold on a minute. What? Hold on a sec. Why have you been doing this again? <laughs> so God is, is asking us worshipers, Vision Church, listen to me real good. God is asking you and I again. I see our numbers are going down. Maybe this is not, you know, what you were looking for. But thank you for joining. Watch this. Vision Church, maybe God is asking us this question. It's time to rethink how we worship. Because we have no choice now but to worship this way. Watch this as I come to a close. Watch this. I want to show you something real quick. Look at verse 23. Verse 23. There you go. Back up. 23. Look at verse 23. Verse 23 says, but at what? But an hour is coming. I wish I had some true worshipers. I wish I had some true worshipers. I'm going to say it one more time. I wish I had some true worshipers. Because true worshipers don't come up with excuses. Why they can't tune in. Why they can't come. Listen, if we have 10 or 8 or 5, I want to be in that number. I wish I had somebody. Because if I wasn't pastoring, I would be somewhere in here doing something for the Lord. And watch this. Because for me, I love God. And I love worshiping him. But here's how you can change the game on your worship. He says, but an hour is coming and now, tell your neighbor, now is the time. When the what? Show me the true worshipers. The true worshipers. Come on, somebody. The true worshipers will do what? Will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Can I help you with something? For such people, the Father seeks. God doesn't just want routine worship. He doesn't want just anybody worship. He said, I'm seeking some true worshipers. Where my true worshipers are. Where are you? Where are you? Because if you're present online, I know that's who you are. 
because you're feeling some kind of way about not being here today, you're not concerned about anything else because you wanted to be here today. And watch this. And watch this. You're not making excuses. Watch this. But you're tuning in. And you're taking notes like you were sitting right here. And you're worshiping in your private spaces. And you're turning into a sacred place. Are you with me? I thank God for the word. I tell you the word is powerful. God is seeking in this pandemic some true worshipers. I'm going to say it one more time. He's seeking some true worshipers. Why? Why? Verse 24. Why? God, see, they restricted God's presence to a temple. But you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, which you have from God. So God is trying to teach us a new way of worship. That we worship where we are. Until we come back corporately to the place of worship. Corporately to the place of worship. God is seeking some real worshipers. He says God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit, in that spirit. In spirit and in truth. I want to tell you, y'all. When God's revealed this to me, it blew my mind. But God gave me some insight. He said, Pastor, I'm changing. I need some real. I'm not going to use Sunday morning. Watch this. Just because we were in a routine. To just not think about God. But I need some worshipers who will bring my presence in their homes. Because there's some unbelievers around you who don't even believe. There's so much mess going on behind those closed doors. God's spirit want to get in your bedroom and he want to get in your living room and he want to get all up in your mind and your heart and your spirit. He won't even want to get in your refrigerator so you eat right. Worship. So we see Restrictive worship. We see routine worship. We see religious worship. We, we already said restrictive. Ritual worship. But last we see routine worship. Last I see here real worship. Real worship. Means I don't have to say it's church time on Sunday or Tuesday night. Real worshipers, I'm logging in. It's time. 
Real worshipers don't need reminders and text messages. And, you know, real worshipers don't need to be reminded to give. Real worshipers don't hold back. Real worshipers continue to do what they've been doing. And my question to you today as I close. Are you a real worshiper? Can you lift your hands right where you are right now? Can you do this for me? Can you invite God's presence in your space? Can you invite God's presence in your marriage? Can you invite God's presence over your kids, over your finances, over what you're dealing with right now? Can you, who, who, are, who you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you have the spirit, God says, I want you to worship me because I want real worship. I need real worship. I'm asking you to worship me. Home court advantage occurs when the energy of a group magnifies what's happening on the court. With home court advantage, a basketball team struggling to put points on the board, here's the energy around them. And all of a sudden, something feels like a spark within them. All of a sudden, the energy enables the team to do better. And then before you know it, they're pushing past their enemy's opposition. And the fans in the stands are not physically going through the same thing as the team is. But the fans are the ones that's giving them hope. Amen. To finish the game. Many people ask why they need to come to church. Worshiping with other believers allows people to push towards the same goal. To gather together in spirit. Worshiping together sparks a view of God. Bigger than any situation that you're going through right now. So I encourage you. Today, to turn your private spaces into worship spaces. Turn your private places into worship places. Why? Why do I say that? Because God is spirit. And right where you are, you can build an altar. Right where you are, you can build that altar right now and worship him.